You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. All right, before we get into the latest news with the Patriots over the past couple of days, Greg, give us an update on your site, bostonsportsjournal.com. Yeah, so um, it's been about actually a week tonight, almost a week when we're recording this, uh, that we flipped a switch on the new site. And um, there were definitely some issues, but... For the most part, I think most of them are resolved. Now, the apps do not work. Um, I don't. I think most of the people who listen to the podcast uh, are more internet inclined, so they probably <laughs> have read and my multiple Twitter messages. And also, for two years, I've been saying not to use the app. So the apps do not work. We will have brand new ones in less than two weeks. I actually think it's going to be very soon, but I don't want to get people's hopes up. Uh, but I think they are coming sooner rather than later, like within the next two weeks. And so you'll be all up on your apps. I know there's some people who love to just press the button and go, and you will be able to do that. But things are coming along. I'm sure there are some still bugs we're working out. But I think the vast majority of people who didn't have access immediately due to various reasons, most of those have been solved. And now they've just become a trickle. If you have, If you think you're supposed to be a member and you're not, Please go under, uh, I just want to make sure I'm going in the right place. So if you go under uh, the little menu on the right, in the top right corner of the, the, the site, there is a support button. You press on there, you fill out a report uh, uh, support ticket, include any information that you have, especially if you have changed email addresses since you joined the site. That's where most of the problems have come. Um, put that in there. And I will get to it within an, uh, within 24 hours. Like basically every four or five hours, I go in there and tick off any and resolve any disputes. So it is uh, it's coming along. Things are getting settled. People are getting in their places. Um, the feedback's been tremendous. The apps are going to be awesome. Going to have a lot of bells and whistles, which we'll get into down the road. But for now, all systems go at the new BSJ, and this is just the first step. Um, and a lot of new things that are coming to BSJ that we're excited about. There you go. A lot of stuff going to be happening at BSJ. And, you know, listen, it's not like Greg has this full IT department working <laughs> for him me. around the clock. So he's, this has been a massive undertaking. He's been working his tail off. If you don't believe me, it's tough to even text or get a phone call with the guy. I mean, he, he's yep. going nuts. So uh, I'm glad that most people were patient. Things are rocking. BSJ, more to come uh, sooner rather than later with the site. We're all excited for that. Let's talk about what's going on with the Patriots. Uh, obviously the biggest news item in the last 24 hours, Brian Hoyer is once again, Greg, 
He's once again, Belichick can't quit him. Brian Hoyer is once again back with the Patriots in the quarterback room. Wait, the big news isn't James Ferentz coming back? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was fully prepared for a whole James Ferentz. A whole interior podcast. offensive line breakdown. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Hoyer is back. Um I think this is fantastic for the Patriots. This is something that you and I talked about. I wrote in my column the night that Mac Jones was drafted. I said, by the way, can we get Brian Hoyer now in the building? Yep. Uh, sign him to basically be Mac Jones's tutor. And I believe from the people that I've talked to, that's why he's here. Now, look, Brian Hoyer, no matter what you think of him, he's no slouch. He's been around. He can get he's a, he's a good emergency backup quarterback. Who knows what's going to happen? But right now, of course, the popular thing, Nick, is to say, "Oh, well, this must mean something about Cam Newton or Jared Stidham. They must right. not like what they see, and they're looking to replace them." As far as I know, none of that is true. All I know is, look, it's May. This is when you you get down to now that we're past COVID. Because last year, teams had the option of staying at 80, and they could all practice. If they went to 90, they had to do split squad. The Patriots stayed at 75 or 80. I forget what the number was. So that they didn't have to split up people to practice. So now it's becoming clear that the rules are going to be different this year, and they will be able to go up to 90. And and with the Hoyer signing, with James Ferentz, and there was another interior lineman that they they, they signed, a former Bengal practice squatter. Yep. yep. Uh they are now at 87. And so they are just sort of filling the gaps. And there was a gap at quarterback. I mean, when you talk about a 90-man roster and practicing, basically when it comes down to it, you get two fields going. You pretty much need two quarterbacks on each field. Um, you know, It doesn't have to be that way, but if you have 90 – it doesn't matter. 37 guys are getting cut. Like a 90 man <laughs> roster spot is not gold. I yeah. don't understand the overreaction with all this. So as what oh, I know hold on, right now, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's 2021. You don't, you don't understand the overreact. There's an overreaction when somebody passes gas. Now, of course, there's going to be an overreaction, Greg. Come on. I forgot about fart court and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just, it's amazing. It's like every NFL fan, every talk radio host, like is like the guy from Memento, where it's like every year they, it's like they forgot everything that else that happened. They forgot about like the Dontrell Inmans and other guys that the Patriots have signed in May, where it didn't matter, and they were just getting bodies for different reasons. And look, Br- Brian Hoyer, he got a, I think he talked with the Jets a little bit. He lives locally, um, and to me. This all this speaks to is outside of Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, and Bill O'Brien. No one else in the world knows the Patriots playbook better than Brian Hoyer. Yep. And so Josh McDaniels is busy. He's the OC. He's sort of the head quarterbacks coach. They do have a, a new quarterbacks coach. His name is Bo Hardegree. He comes, he's basically one of Adam Gase's guys, was with him in uh, Miami was with him in New York. Uh, I think he goes back to Denver. Um, McDaniels might have, might have a little bit of background with him there. So they, there's a new assistant quarterback school, but he's never been in the playbook either. So if you step back and you look at it, here's Cam Newton has been in the Patriots playbook for one year. And we all know it wasn't much of the Patriots playbook, right? Yep. You have Jared Stidham 
who has been in it two years. And coming from Baylor and Auburn, how much has he really gotten into it? Now you have Mac Jones here, and he's a rookie. He hasn't been in it before. So, and, and the assistant quarterback's coach has never been in the playbook before. So who better than Brian Hoyer to sign him, bring him in, put Brian Hoyer and Mac Jones on a practice field together when Josh McDaniels is getting Cam Newton and Jared Stidham ready to play, like I'm sure he's under orders from Belichick to do, at least for right now. You have, you know, Brian Hoyer looking over Mac Jones' shoulder on one practice field. It's almost like having another coach. Yep. And so I think it's a tremendous move for the Patriots. I see absolutely downside. And right now, for May, it doesn't mean anything. Could it mean something down the road? Yeah, sure. Could. I mean, could could potentially Cam Newton really stink, get beat out by Mac Jones, and Jared Stidham really stink? And they they go, you know what? We're just going to go with Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer. We like that combination because they run the same offense and this and that. Could that happen in some alternate universe? Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But the bottom line is, if you were going to bring Mac Jones along, and if Josh McDaniels can't get to everything, then bringing Brian Hoyer, having him here, and he doesn't get paid until the game starts. His contract was one year all base. He doesn't get paid until he's on the roster. So to me, it is a win, win, win all over the place. No lose proposition for the Patriots. And I think it's, it was a great move. It was fortunate that that happened, that he was available. But I think if you want Mac Jones to start at some point this season, having Brian Hoyer here makes that a lot more possible. Let me ask you this, because I've, Venture, it's been kicked around a little bit on the air today from what you told me before we started recording. Uh, So some might ask you, why not just make Brian Hoyer a coach? Why bring him on as a quarterback? Tell the people why, Greg. It makes a hell of a lot more sense to have Brian Hoyer the quarterback than it does to have Brian Hoyer the coach. Essentially, Nick, it's time. And I have heard this. My buddies. Felger and Maz, I'm sure they're going to clip this and play this on their show tomorrow. Appreciate the pub for the pod. Uh, <laughs> we love it. Um, but those guys are, are morons when it comes to this stuff. And, of course, <laughs> they don't call me up and ask me, hey, what does this mean, considering you're our resident NFL expert? Um, they just like to kick it around and make themselves look like jackasses, with the, with the, which they did today, because Felger just kept saying over and over again, why not just make him a coach? You could pay him $15,000. Just make him a coach. Why'd you have to do this? I love your first, Felger impression. Thank you. Fantastic. First of all, he's he's not getting paid until week one if he's on the roster. Second of all, and this is the most essential thing. If you are a coach, you are restricted by the collective bargaining agreement on how much contact and work you can do with the players in the offseason. So right now they are in phase two. And I looked through this. Today, I put it in my column that's on bostonsportsjournal.com. So in phase two, players are allowed to be in the facility for a max of four hours per day for four days. No weekends. That's it. That includes practice time, lifting, lunch, what have you. They can only be in the building. They cannot. They can do their own work, but they can't do it with McDaniels. They can't be on Zoom with him or whatever. They, they can't. They are... In phase three, I think it's six hours. In minicamp, it's 10 hours a day. You can get some work done. Yes, there. So 
that leaves a whole bunch more time that Mac Jones can't sit with anybody who knows what he's going to go hang out with Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. Those guys don't know the offense, not, not where he needs to be. Now, all of a sudden you bring Brian Hoyer into the building and now it's, Hey, barbecue time over at the Hoyers. Hey, I'm sure Brian's already texted. Hey, Mac, come on over Saturday. We'll have a barbecue. Me and you will do like two hours before two hours after film playbook, anything you want, come meet the family, all that stuff. By being a player, he can work with Mac Jones as much as he wants. Right. And and it's not them circumventing or anything. I just think it's a it, it's a byproduct of the situation. So if Brian Hoyer was a coach, which he might be down the road, and, and I would expect him to. I don't know anything. I'm just saying I, I would expect him to at some point. I think he'd be fabulous at it. Um, I've been in meetings rooms with him getting quizzed by the Texans coaching staffs on film defensive adjustments with the Patriots playbook. And it's like, you have to have instant recall. You have to have instant adjustments. And I don't think Stidham and Newton are doing that. Brian Hoyer can do that with him. And if you, if you want Brian, if you want somebody to spend a lot of time with Brian Hoyer to get him up to speed on what he needs to know, it can't be a coach because they are so limited due to the CBA having a player here that knows the playbook makes all the sense in the world. And the Patriots get a greater benefit by Brian Hoyer being a player instead of a coach. Yeah. And I think it just goes along with this one line of thought that this theme that is going to carry throughout this off season, what do you do to make sure you're doing as much as you can do to get Mac Jones prepared? Mm-hmm. That, that's all it's about. And yep. w- whatever tricks of the trade you can use at your fingertips to make sure you are preparing the rookie quarterback to be ready to go out there and play as much as you can prepare him. That's what you're going to do. So I think it's, it's a no brainer. It really is a no brainer. And I think it's one of these things where, listen, I don't know if we're talking about this, frankly, uh, especially in sports talk radio, I can tell you as a sports talk radio show host. Yeah. I was driving around in my truck today and I popped on Sirius XM and, you know, Adam Shine is talking about Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Adam Shine is not talking about Brian Hoyer if we're in the middle of camp. Okay. So it is somewhat of a slower time. Dead. Yep. Absolutely dead period. You want to find something. These are the, like I just said, the Patriots tricks of the trade. I have no issue with letting people behind the curtain with sports talk radio. I know all the tricks. I've been in it long enough. When you, when you have these dead periods, you will find things to talk about, and credit to Felger and Maz. They do a great job of it, which is why they're the best show ratings-wise uh, in the city. But, it, you know, it's trying to pick apart all this little minutia. It's not a big deal. It's a no-brainer. You brought in somebody, as Greg said, who is very experienced with the playbook, somebody who can be a mentor to Mac Jones, somebody who can spend more time with Mac than coaches can at this particular moment on the calendar. So you do it. And, you know, who knows what happens down the road? Yeah, if Stidham sucks, maybe this applies a little pressure on Stidham to be better. If Cam is struggling a little bit, maybe now with Mac being arguably more prepared, maybe that puts some heat on Cam that he doesn't really feel right now. So it it does nothing. It, It might ramp up a little bit of the competition. It's going to help your rookie quarterback get better. So I'm all for it. Let me ask you this. Do you think as we get closer to the time when they would have to pay Hoyer and all that stuff. Do you think this is an arrangement with the team? Is this a situation where, you know, Belichick sits Hoyer down and he says, okay, here's the deal. We got Mac. We want you pretty much 
to teach Mac everything that you know about this offense. He is going to be attached to your hip the next mm-hmm. you know month or two. And then once we get closer to the preseason games, Brian, we're going to bid you adieu. Or, you know, it might be time where we we stick with the three guys we have on the roster. Do you think that's possible? Or or do you think this is, no, just straight-up competition? Hoyer goes in. If he outplays one or both of, say, Cam and Stidham, because we know Max on the team, if he outplays one of those other guys, does he legitimately stick? Well, I'm going to split the baby on this a little bit. Okay. Um, I think that Belichick in his mind uh, has the tutoring of Mac Jones at the top of the list. And if something else should happen, like say Jared Stidham just isn't any good and he turtles again. And they're just like, you know, he gets some phantom hit pointer early in camp and uh, checks out. And then they're just like, all right, we're done. And you know, now Hoyer is the third quarterback. And I think he probably sticks. I mean, I do, uh, you know, now talking through it, I would say that there's I th- I would say there's a competition for the third spot. I mean, I, I don't really see could Mac Jones this is get going down a rabbit hole, but could Jet Mac Jones beat out Cam Newton camp, making Cam Newton obsolete? Yeah, it could happen. But I think in Belichick's mind, it is I don't think he's had this conversation with Brian. I don't think he lo- he looks at things in this this way, and I don't think he likes to deal with players sort of deceitly, I think that he he tries to be straight up. He'd be like, look, we have an opportunity. We need a fourth quarterback. You know, I don't see the upside of bringing in some, you know, undrafted bum who has no chance. And so, you know, we would like to bring you in. It's probably a long shot that you make the roster, but you have a chance, you know, and, and we would love for you to work with Mac. And I don't know if they've had this conversation, but probably in Belichick's mind, he thinks – and who knows, maybe even Hoyer and his agent, Joe Linta, who's a, you know, old Scrabble, longtime uh, agent, Belichick's type of guy, uh, also reps a lot of interior offensive linemen. So I love Joe Linta. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, maybe Brian Hoyer and Joe Linta sort of, you know, maybe pushed Belichick a little bit, be like, hey, Brian would love to get into coaching. Um, you know, maybe we could start the on-ramp with him helping Mac Jones, see what happens, and then we'll see what happens down the line. But I do think, look, I think if Jared Stidham doesn't perform, I think that Brian Hoyer has a chance because I think a QB room, if it comes down to this, of Cam Newton, Mac Jones, and Brian Hoyer, to me, makes a lot of sense. I think it helps everybody – you have a guy, if all hell breaks loose with injuries or what have you, or COVID or whatever, then you have a guy who, all right, look, he blew the game in Kansas City last year with a bunch of brain farts. They now understand what the deal is. You know, 20 to 20 before two minutes in each half, Brian Hoyer's decent. Outside of that, sometimes he loses his mind. So now they know how to manage it. Maybe they figure that out, but I do think that he has a chance should Stidham not make any progress and should Hoyer beat him out for a third time. And yes, he had, he has beaten him out all three, all previous two times. The first year was a pure monetary thing. Hoyer was making a lot of money. Patriots released him, wanted to bring him back, but the Colts jumped in. And when they had the Andrew Luck situation and offered him a lot of money and he was gone. Right. Yep. Um, if Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham were making about the same amount of money, Hoyer would have been the backup. 
Hoyer was the only other person to start a game last year was Brian Hoyer. Jared Stidham was inactive early on last season. Hoyer beat him out again. And so do I think he could do it a third time? Yeah, I do. Um, but I think that I can't see them taking four, but I do think that I do think there's some competition there, but the bottom line is Hoyer's here to really help Mac Jones in the room. And I think he can be a humongous asset there. Yeah. It's institutional knowledge. And, you know, we talked about the quarterback room all last year because it was obviously nowhere near good enough. And I think Belichick has tried to address that. You know, he, he drafts Mac Jones, he keeps cam, and we'll see what Cam does with better weapons and a better understanding of this offense. And, you know, let's not be happy and put our feet up with Stidham as the third guy. Let's bring Hoyer in for maybe a little bit of competition and to mentor the rookie quarterback. So, you know, he, he's trying to address that room. And I think he's done really as much as you could ask him to do. He drafted a young guy in the first round. He brings Cam back. He's got two yep. other guys, one an old school kind of mentor who knows the offense in and out. I can't really ask for more given the options that they had, frankly. And the one thing I would say before we get to the member question of the day, you know, the one more thing I want to say, because it, it falls in line with the Belichick working on the quarterback room. We all sat through that season last year, and it was a difficult season to sit through. And when I was hosting shows on EEI, I kept pounding the same point over and over and over again. And the point was a rather simple one. If 2020 was a speed bump, Five, six years down the road, nobody's going to care about 2020. If 2020 was yep. the beginning of the end for this organization, that's when we have problems. And it really all hinged on what Belichick did this offseason. And I kept saying, he's got all the opportunity. He's got the money. He's got the draft picks. If he is aggressive and he improves this team, like he has the opportunity to improve the team, then 2020 was almost worth it, as painful as it was. And looking at this offseason, including this moment, just bringing Hoyer in the room to try to improve the quarterback room, when you look at it in totality, this has been a complete offseason from free agency through the draft to this very moment filling in the last few roster spots. And it might not work out. There are no guarantees. But what I can say is Belichick got through the speed bump. He saw the opportunity that he had with the money and the draft picks, and he utilized all of it to put a better team on the field. And I think they're in a much better position now, much, much better position now than they were in 2020. And I, I think moving forward, you have at least some things to be excited about, like the young guys in the defense. And of course, Mac Jones, who should be hopefully your franchise quarterback of the future. Yeah, Nick, that's it's it's a good point. And, and that's actually related to, um, I still have another member question, but this just brings up. So I, every Friday I do a, a member chat. And um, it was a little delayed this week while we were getting, I wanted to get more people on board, but uh, I had an interesting question and, you know, one of the members said, you know, will the biggest, I forget the way he termed it, but will basically the biggest failure of Belichick's coaching career be, you know, not retaining Tom Brady. And my thing was, and look, I think that Belichick has a lot of fault, and we've we've been over it before. I right. thought that they should have after the Atlanta Super Bowl, they just should have given him a five year contract extension. He would have he would have been here through twenty twenty two. Didn't happen. So what have you? But here's the thing. So let's say they do bring Tom Brady back somehow last year. What really changes all that much? So they were seven and nine. 
in the year before they lost what what four out of six down the stretch were completely limp in that playoff game against the Titans first round exit would they bring everybody back like what good that so they go nine and seven ten and six and they get bounced in the playoffs again like what's the what's the end game so all right now you have Brady again for this year who knows whether he would have been fed up or not and just wanted to retire after another frustrating year like you know I I just I just don't understand the thinking that I, I once Belichick made certain decisions I don't know what other decision he had with with Brady. You, you right. know, would I have brought him back? Yeah, I would have. But I don't know how big of a a coaching failure was. Now, and, and I basically said, get back to me your three to five years. If the Patriots don't win another Super Bowl, if, like you said, they basically last year was the beginning of the end, then hell yeah, it was it was a terrible decision. But if 2020 was just a bump in the road, and all of a sudden this year they're in the AFC championship game. Their Mac Jones is ready next year. They're competing for a Super Bowl title. Then was it that big of an error? Was it that big of a miscue? And I just, I don't think so. And right. so I just, yeah, it's an interesting yeah, point I, of discussion. And I would also say this one more thing quickly before we run for the, for the member question of the day and then the Celtics coming up in a few minutes here. <laughs> um, but be, that's you know, tip off at like nine forty two. The way yeah, the NBA be, goes. Before we get to uh, <laughs> before we get to the member question of the day, just one more thought off of what you just said. Listen, uh, you know, I, we're, when I get irritated about the the Brady Belichick stuff, and I, I'm not going to want to dive deep into this, but you know, the, the people that are sitting there going, "Oh, you know, Belichick messed up," and I would love to know how many of those people would have made the decision that Belichick did not make after Atlanta. Because we can look at that decision in hindsight and say, and Greg, you you said you'd bring him back. You're on the record. You're on the record. Honestly, as much as I loved Brady and as great as he was and how, uh, no matter how incredible that game was against Atlanta, Belichick had to make decisions for the future of the organization. And I don't know how many people would have stood up and given Brady that extension and said, Oh yeah, what he'll be forty-four years old at the end of that? No, we're good. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll totally dump money on his lap. It's a difficult decision to make. Now you can agree with it or disagree with it, but it's not like it was easy. You're going to pay this guy right through his forty-four years old, you know, tenure in the NFL. Like, it's not like Brady was going to be forty at the end of that deal. So Belichick was saying, "What is the responsible thing to do?" Yes, he just played great. But does that mean he's going to be great four to five years down the road? And listen, Brady proved him wrong. Good for Brady. Fantastic. Incredible story. But I have an issue with saying, oh, that was a terrible decision by Bell. In hindsight, but you're not doing it in hindsight. You know, th these moves are made at that moment. And if you're looking at, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit here and trust this guy to be my guy until he's 44. That's that's a significant decision to make, and you've got to have the utter belief. And we know Belichick's a history guy. He's looking back and saying, how many dudes played this position, you know, as good as Brady just played it when they're 42, 43, 44? So I still, you know, it ended up being the wrong decision, but I don't blame him for the decision at that time because of how the calendar worked out. All right, let's get yep. to the uh, BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Annual plan is $39.99. 
all sorts of good stuff on the brand new website. Of course, you get some excellent content from Greg when we talk Patriots. What is the member question of the day, Greg? So Jackie Treehorn asks, uh, Greg, did any of the practice squad rules changes implemented last year for COVID, specifically being able to sign a few vets with unlimited amounts of experience, carry over into the season? If so, could Hoyer be the kind of player the Patriots look at to fill one of these slots to help with the QB onboarding? Um, long story short, uh, I'm not sure. And I don't think, I don't think the NFL has made a decision on this. They don't usually make decisions on this stuff until, and they don't really need to until training camp starts or even during training camp, because it really doesn't matter until the 53 man cut down. And then you form practice squads and things like that. Uh, I would, I would tend to doubt with what's going on and how positively things are going with COVID that they're going to do it. I could tell you that, well, I don't know. We'll have to see because I do know the NFL PA and the NFL, they're still negotiating a bunch of stuff, including, you know, I was asking about uh, the pa- Patriots PR department who led by Stacy James. They're all excellent. Of course. Uh, I was asking them about the mini camp set up and I was letting them know that I'm fully vaccinated and all that. And, you know, and they basically said, like, it, it appears that they're going to be under the same restrictions huh. um, as last year, which is kind yeah. of unbelievable. But I think I think it's the union just being a pain in the rear, um, which if that's the case, then it's not looking good for training camp. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, uh, I don't think they made a decision on that. Um, I would tend the owner's don't like to continue that stuff. It costs them money. And, and, but the bottom line is with Hoyer, I think that's part of the reason why it never got done last year that he was never, you know, released at any point, even after Kansas city, he was basically buried. As far as I remember, he stayed on the roster for the rest of the year. And, um, it's kind of, it's kind of an insulting move to do that to a veteran. Um, who's not going to make that much money, the pay cut. I, I think you could get in a situation where you ask a guy like Brian Hoyer, Hey, we go in the practice squad for 250,000, whatever it is. I forget what the number is. And he's just like, no, I'd rather go spend time with my family. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. am I gonna, what am I going to do that for? So um, look, I think, I think we could get into a situation with Hoyer where it's, he goes through training camp. He does everything. He doesn't ultimately make the roster. Stidham does beat him out. He's number two, or he's probably number two with Mac Jones, number three to quote unquote start the season. And then at that time, they bring in Brian Hoyer in sort of the Troy Brown, you know, role where he's helping, helping out of practice and things like that around the facility, helping things like that. So I don't, I don't foresee Hoyer taking a practice squad spot, even if they do approve those rules, but stranger things have happened. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Everybody enjoy the B's and C's. Unless something big happens here the rest of this week, we're done. We'll be back next week. So uh, if that's the case, also enjoy your weekend. And don't forget, check out the brand new, brand spanking new BSJ. Until then, be good. <laughs>